But remember, to us, it's all year round, isn't it? It's not just Christmas. All year round. Right, we're going to read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. And we're reading from verse 5 to verse 25. It's all about the birth of John the Baptist. Read Luke 1, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah. And his wife was of the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his cause, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel he shall turn to the Lord their God, and shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple, and when he came out he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass, as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among just add the Lord's blessing in prayer on his word. 
Father, we do thank thee for the word of God that we have in our hands. We do thank thee we believe the truth of these scriptures. And we pray a blessing on thy word to us all as we read together and consider these things. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Now the chapters we're about to read are specifically in context. They are Jewish. Yes, it's all the hope and anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. So the whole context is Jewish in origin. When we look at the book of Malachi, that's the last book that was written, the prophet Malachi was the last one, there's been a 400 years gap when the Lord has not spoken to Israel in those 400 years. Yes, it's been silent. But now, that silence is about to be broken. And we see there's a great resurgence of hope, of the expectation of the coming of the Messiah. In this chapters, we will learn that there's a remnant of God's people. And God always has his remnant, you know. When Israel is unfaithful, we're going to talk about Malachi in a minute or so. Tell Israel as a nation very unfaithful to the Lord, the majority, yes? Way off the rails, if you like. Which is not good. <clears throat> but there was always that little band of a remnant who were faithful to the Lord no matter what, through all the difficult times. And we see a, a picture of these people here in these first few chapters that they are waiting for the Messiah to come. It's the remnant character. mentioned this morning Luke's gospel Luke's gospel is all about the son of man it's nice to put the gospels in these orders yes Matthew's gospel is the gospel of the king it's all his kingly glory and the kingdom that will be his in the future Matthew's gospel is all about the Lord Jesus Christ as the servant the one who came to serve the one who washed the dirty feet of the disciples. He took a towel and girded himself and washed them. And it's interesting that Mark, who wrote that gospel under the power of the Holy Spirit, was a failed servant. Yes, when he went with Paul and Barnabas on missionary service, he failed. He wanted to go back home. He'd had enough. And Paul wasn't happy to take him out anymore. But he turned round he got his life back together again in tune with the Lord and he's actually written of the perfect servant. Now isn't that wonderful? Eh? A failed servant <clears throat> is writing about the perfect servant. Then when we come to John's Gospel it's all about the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word was God. The Word was with God. The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. His deity. But Luke, he is the son of man. The perfect man. The man from heaven. And we see his beautiful character in the book of Luke. Luke, as we go through it, all the wonderful things he did. Now this remnant character, we'll just turn to Malachi. If you know, find Malachi in your book. It's the last book of the Old Testament.
And the book of Malachi clearly states the, the degeneration of Israel, even with their sacrifices and things like that, they were offering unto the Lord not appropriate sacrifices. But I just want to look at this section in chapter 3. It speaks of John the Baptist coming. Malachi chapter 3, the mission of John the Baptist is foretold. Behold, I will send my messenger. He shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. So we've got John the Baptist foretold there. Now this remnant character is also seen in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16. And the heading is the faithful remnant. Now we can put some application of this to ourselves, yes? Because we can apply things to ourselves, but remember it's specifically Jewish that we're talking about here. Then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another. The Lord is pleased with that, because he says, And the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. And likewise, as an application to ourselves today, the, the Lord, we are so precious in the sight of the Lord. Yes, aren't we? Each one of us so precious to him. And he remembers us all. Uh, to faithfully, faithfully maintain it to the end when we shall see him again. So that's the remnant character. What we also notice in Luke is a great movement of the Holy Spirit. Now isn't that significant? God hasn't spoken for 400 years. Now the Holy Spirit is speaking quite clearly through this remnant of godly believers. I'm just trying to find my page again because I've lost it. It's Luke 1. <laughs> I'll get there in a minute. Yes, so we see a profusion of the Holy Spirit taking place, which is interesting. And the first one is, is Luke 1, verse... 41. If you look at Luke 40, chapter 1, 41, it's Elizabeth who is pregnant. Yes, miracle pregnancy. <laughs> and Mary visits Elizabeth and entered the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in the womb. Well, that's a response of John the Baptist in the womb responding to the fact that the mother 
going to give birth to the Lord Jesus Christ, has entered the room. Now, isn't that amazing? And it says, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For as law, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed be she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things that were told her from the Lord. Then we got this magnificent Magnificat, which Mary gives, where she rejoices, and magnifies the Lord, and she says, My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. Let me just emphasize that. She says, God my Saviour. Yes, Mary needed a Saviour like the rest of us. And then as we look further down, we'll turn over a few pages. We've got Luke 1, verse 67. got now the prophecy of Zacharias the father of John the Baptist and his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied saying blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people he hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David and he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets which have been since the world begun, that we should be saved from our enemies, from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And then he says, and thou, child, that's John the Baptist, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet in the way of peace, child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. So there we have an example of John the Baptist there. As he was born and grew he, he went into the wilderness set apart for God and the day would come when he'd be called out of the wilderness to prepare for the coming of the Lord and to baptise him as well. So Brilliant prophecy, yet yeah? Jewish, Jewish in origin. Then if you look at verse 25 of chapter 2, sorry to keep sorting all over, it's Luke 2, 25. Some more godly remnant. Behold, there was a man, it's verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Isn't that a wonderful expression? And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And this is a lovely little thing. It was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 
She was given a clear promise, you will not die till you have seen the Messiah. Isn't that wonderful? And he came by the Spirit into the temple. So the Spirit has guided him into the temple at this point when the parents are brought in for the child Jesus to do for the custom of the law. And, and Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Now let us thy servant depart in peace according to my word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to light the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which are spoken of them. Simeon blessed Mary and said, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And believe me, the Jews were really against the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says of Mary in verse 35, A sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts be revealed. So even at this stage, it's telling us the state of Mary's broken heart as she stood at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we have another one here, Anna, a prophetess. She has a remarkable history, verse 36 the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. She was a widow of about four score and four years, 84 years old. She departed not from the temple, served God with fastings and prayers night and day. So she lost her husband at a very early age and she's obviously devoted her life to the Lord in serving in her capacity in the temple. She came in an instant, gave thanks likewise to the Lord, and spake to him of all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Wonderful, isn't it? Again, no doubt she did that through the moving of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is very active in all these wonderful things that are coming in. When we talk about <coughs> the barrenness of Elizabeth, it was a reproach among men, among Jewish, yes. It was, it was hard for women to bear who could not bear children. It was very, very hard for them. Uh, and here we see Zacharias lives obviously very, very old. Uh, and Zacharias couldn't really believe that this could happen. So the angel, as it were, had to give him a good telling off. <laughs> and told him exactly who I am. I'm Gabriel. And... These things will take place regardless of you and made him dumb for a while yes not forever because it was a remarkable thing isn't it lots of other women in the Bible were barren and produced wonderful children yes Sarah was barren Isaac was a child of promise I know in the Bible says that, you know, she, they couldn't wait. She told Abraham, you know, go to Hagar, my servant, have children from her. She wanted children from Hagar. No, she should have waited, but Abraham did what he's told. But she had the child of promise. The Bible said she laughed. Abraham laughed as well. <laughs> but Sarah laughed. So they called him... Isaac, which means 
laughter. <laughs> and there was joy and gladness with Sarah. There's Rebecca. Isaac married Rebecca and discovered that Rebecca was barren. She wasn't bearing children. And it says Isaac prayed for his wife that she might have children. And she got children. She got two twins in the, in the womb which strove against each other. He saw in Jacob with a prophetic statement that came with it. That Esau came out first, or officially Esau would have the birthright because he was the firstborn, only just because Jacob had all of his leg. That's why he was called a supplanter, trying to keep the other one in the womb for him to get out first. They tossed him, turned each other. But it says that firstborn one shall be subservient to Jacob. She knew that, planned a plan to get that to work, and she didn't need to do that because the Lord had organized that anyway, but she planned a plan to deceive Isaac and get Jacob the blessing. So Jacob spoiled the birthright for Esau, and he got the blessing that Esau should have had. All wonderful things, isn't it? Another one is Hannah. Hannah couldn't have children. She cried a lot. She cried to the Lord for a child, and he answered her prayer. And who was born? Samuel, a great warrior, a great servant of Israel. Samuel was born. And then Manoah, Manoah's wife. It's funny that when we read this in the book of Judges, he doesn't name his wife, Manoah. <laughs> the wife's not named whatsoever. It just says the wife. But she was barren. And who was born? Samson, who was a great deliverer of Israel from the Philistines. So all these things are significant, aren't they? Really? Right, from verse 5, it says, In the days of Herod, the king of Judea, this is a big bone contention to the Jews straight away, yes? Because Herod was an Egyptian from the tribe of Esau. Esau hated Israel with a passion. Right? They were the enemies of Israel. But unfortunately, they had this man called Herod, Antipas, called himself a king, and he was uh, from Esau's family. So that wasn't good for them. The other thing that wasn't good for them, the Romans were in control of Israel. Yeah, they were under subservient to Roman rule. They didn't like that either. So, bad days for the Jews at this point. Now it says, Zacchaeus was of the course of a buyer. Now we need to understand this, so if we go together to Chronicles, the book of the Old Testament, 1 Chronicles, chapter 24. We'll read what it says there. In the days of David, there was a multitude of priests, yes? And priestly orders. So what David did was put them into 24 sections and gave them lots to do, yes? Because there was that many of them. So 1 Chronicles from 24 tells you about these divisions. It speaks about the sons of Aaron, 
Nadab and Abihu were the sons of Aaron. They were killed by the Lord because they offered strange incense. And the Lord wasn't happy with that. They didn't approach the Lord in the appropriate holy way. So he killed them. So Nadab and Abihu died. Eliezer and Ithmar were left. Now, Zacharias comes from Eliezer's line, not the line of Ithmar. But as you go on, it says, let's see, let's go right down to verse 7. They all were given lots to do, yes? First lot, second lot, third lot, fifth, seventh, and the eighth, it says, Abijah. That's the same as what Luke says is Abijah. So he was eighth, and it was his turn and his responsibility to minister in the temple at that time. And his job that he was given was to offer incense on the altar, the golden altar, in the holy place. Remember, only the high, high priest was allowed to go in the Holy of Holies, but the other priests could minister in the holy place. So that's what this means by this. It's his turn to offer incense upon the altar. And of course, the Lord took the perfect opportunity for that to send Gabriel to tell him what was about to happen. Which is wonderful, that, isn't it? It says of them, they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. So they were living a life as a good Jew would lead a life. They had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were out praying at the time of incense. Then Andrew mentioned this, there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. As Andrew said, very specific, not left, not behind him, right side of the altar of incense. And it says, Jake's Zachariah was troubled and fear fell upon him. Now, if you came into the presence of an angel, do you think fear would fall upon you as well? <laughs> it would be quite an experience, wouldn't it, to experience an angel? But Mary experienced an angel, but she wasn't phased like Zachariah was phased. Okay? There's another one up for women, isn't it? Zachariah was phased, the woman wasn't. Mary wasn't. Anyway, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said, Fear not, Zacharias, thy prayer is heard. So they'd been praying for many, many years for a son. That has been their prayer. And Matthew Henry says in one of his commentaries, he says, God files up all our prayers in heaven. And we'll answer them at the appropriate time. Well, God has chosen this time to send Gabriel to say, your prayer's been answered, Zacharias. You're going to have a child. But he didn't believe it, did he? How can this be? But he was going to have a child. 
Now, it's, it's got, they'll have joy and gladness, which they did, but there's specific things they had to do for this child when it was born. It's very exactly the same as Manoah and his wife had to do exactly the same for Samson. Yes? He was a Nazarite set apart to God. He hadn't to drink strong wine from wheat or any strong wine at all. It had to be teetotal, we call it in these days, don't we? No alcohol had to be given. It says, He shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. So this man is really set apart to God. And he's just waiting his time when the Lord calls him into service. Many of the children of Israel he shall turn to the Lord their God. And when he was baptizing people, it was a baptism of repentance, remember? And he, he was doing that in the spirit and the power of Elijah. So he was like Elijah. Elijah was an Old Testament prophet who Israel was off the rails again and he was trying to bring Israel back into fellowship and relationship with God through repentance. So this is John the Baptist's job now. Bring Israel back into repentance. And John also believed that when this would happen, judgment would come with it. Yes, he does speak of that specifically. Judgment will come with it. And we'll see consequence of that later. So you shall go before him the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient, the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. They have to be prepared for his coming. And their preparation is repentance of heart and turn back to the Lord. That is what we want. Let's just move down. So he was made dumb, verse 21. He came in, could not speak to them, and perceived that they had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. As soon as his administration was accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. She wanted to get out of the way, obviously, in private, because it probably was a private thing. God has looked upon me, she said, to take away my approach among men. Absolutely lovely. Now, in the days of John the Baptist, his days came to an end, yet when his service was finished, he baptized the Lord, he saw the Holy Spirit come down upon the Lord, and he declared that this, who he was. And he had a, a wonderful ministry. The day came when he lost his life. Headed. It's over a very simple thing. Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, didn't like him for obvious reasons because he'd married his sister's wife, wasn't happy. So Herodias got her daughter to dance for him. And so she danced wonderfully for him, and he said stupidly, Just ask me. You can have anything you like in my kingdom. Ask. It's yours. And what did she ask for? The head of John the Baptist. 
Now he's stuck, Herod, isn't he? He's made an oath. He's made a promise in front of many, many people. Can he turn around on that promise? Because he did like John in many ways. But he could have said, uh, no, he's in the other half of my kingdom. <laughs> he might have got away with that. But he didn't. He says, send the executioner. Chopped his head off, put it on a platter, gave it to Herodias. That was his end. Came to an awful end, didn't he? Now, while he was in prison, John the Baptist, he was depressed. I'm going to say the word depressed, yes. He was quite concerned that what he was preaching about and the repentance wasn't happening. No judgment seems to be happening uh, because Jesus was rejected. Uh, they rejected their Messiah. They crucified their Messiah. But he was waiting for the Messiah to come and do, change everything. So he couldn't understand why that wasn't happening. And he sent two of his disciples to Jesus and asked the question, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? In other words, his doubts in his mind now. Are you the one that is coming, has come? Jesus said to his two disciples, because they asked him the question, Art thou he that should come, or shall we have another? Jesus just did loads of miracles in their presence, yes? Then he said to these disciples, Go tell John what you have seen. The blind see, the lame walk, etc., etc. And blessed is he who has not stumbled in me. He didn't say anything about John's character. He could have said to these two disciples, Go tell John he's a wonderful person, he's done a wonderful job, I'm very pleased with him, and all except he didn't say a thing about anything like that. He just told him, Go tell him what you've seen. Then when he had gone, he spoke about how wonderful John the Baptist was. A great man. But he himself was a humble man. And the Jews sent, sent Pharisees to him and said, Who are you? <laughs> he didn't answer, really. He said, Are you Elijah? He said, No. Are you one of the prophet that should come? That's Deuteronomy 18 first of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, no, he says. Well, who are you then? He said. He said, I'm a voice. That's it. I'm a voice. No, didn't give himself any status. Self-effacing. A voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Prophecy of Isaiah chapter 40. Marvelous things, isn't it? that happened so that set the scene isn't it for what's to come in the book of Luke and it's a wonderful book as we go through it page by page and we'll see the beautiful character of the Lord Jesus Christ and some of his choice servants just looked at but the Jews rejected him but he's coming again Second coming for the Jews, and they shall look upon him whom they pierced. We'll all come back to them. Isaiah 53 will all come back to them. Because they crucified their Messiah, and they will wail at 
they sing that they crucified Father, we do thank thee that we've read of these wonderful events that are taking place, all in thy purpose, thy eternal purpose. Nothing can stop thy eternal purpose taking place. All will be accomplished according to thy will. And we thank thee that thou dost have thy children, thou dost love thy children. And we thank thee that we belong this wonderful family. We thank thee, through thee, Lord Jesus, we know our Father, and we can call him our Father. We thank thee for the New Testament, we thank thee for the Old Testament. May we continue to read it, understand it, and give thanks for it. In the blessed name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm going to